Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 42. So today I'm talking about the importance of reading the room and how you can read a group. But before that, last week, I shared 12 reasons for you to get started with slow looking. So head over to episode 40 to hear my thoughts. And don't forget our new Facebook group for all things art, engagement and slow looking called the Slow Looking Club. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And as always, if you'd like to be a supporter of the show, you can do so by treating me to a lovely cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire Bowne. Thanks so much for all your support so far. And the show notes, they're available on my website, thinkingmuseum.com forward slash podcast. And this is episode 42. So now let's get on with today's show. So what is reading the room or reading a group? What does it actually mean? Well, reading the room is about the ability to understand the mood in the room and how receptive people are. And when you're working with groups, whether it's in the museum, whether it's online, it's extremely helpful to be able to know how to read the room. Paying attention to others and listening for clues can pay dividends. So being able to read a group, to see how engaged they are, to see whether perhaps they're enjoying the programme, whether they're following along, or even whether they're listening to you, is extremely important. And for many reasons, it can help you to adjust. So you can adjust in real time so that you address any issues, any concerns before they become too serious. It can help you to capitalise on things that are going well, so you can do more of them, and to change course if things aren't going so well. So it helps you to confirm or change your plan for the group. Paying attention allows you to be flexible and change in the moment based on the clues you're picking up from your group. And I think being able to read your group allows you to personalise experiences too. You're personalising them to what the group needs at that moment. So knowing how to read between the lines is a great skill to have. It helps you to understand other people, helps you to understand what they want, what they don't want, and this builds trust. So when you're reading the room, it's important to pick up on clues not only from the discussions that are taking place, but also from underlying reactions or things that are left unsaid in the room as well. And these subtle clues aren't always easy to pick up on, but you can train yourself to not only be aware of them, but to influence group dynamics by paying more attention. So it is a really useful skill to have. So here are some tips for how you can read a group. 
So first of all, find out as much as you can at the start. So depending on where you're working, sometimes you can take the time to get to know your group before you start the session with them. Sometimes it's perhaps when they're getting off the bus or arriving into the museum and taking their coats off. So if you have the opportunity, interact with the group and chat to them as they arrive. This will help you to understand where the group is at and how they are arriving at the session. Now, obviously, it also goes without saying that your introduction is the place where you also want to get to know your group and find out as much as you can about them in a relaxed way, of course, as this will help you to read them throughout the programme. Your goal at this point, at the start, is really to find out who's in the room and what their relationship is to each other. So find out everything you can about who's who in the room in your introduction and what interest areas are important to each of these individuals. Secondly, you need to observe. So scan the room. This can be done at the start of a programme. You can learn an awful lot in the first five minutes with a group and regularly throughout. So notice who's standing where and who they are next to. Who's together? Who's alone? What's the rhythm and pulse of the room? Who's smiling? Who isn't? And then you can do your best to read how they're feeling through their facial expressions, their posture and their body language. So you can look for quick micro expressions like quick smiles, raised eyebrows, or even small frowns. They can all be telling. But do be aware that body language and facial expressions can give off false clues. So something like crossed arms is a really good one. It can be a sign that someone's fed up, but it can also just be a neat way of doing something with your hands when you're standing. So don't assume anything. Do careful and consistent observation because this will give you information and this information will help you to navigate the group. So again, be aware that your observations and perceptions can lead you astray and your emotions might come into play with this too. So think of a variety of possible reasons why people might be behaving in a certain way. Keep your emotions in check And don't take anything too personally. People can bring all sorts of emotional states into the museum with them. And it's not necessarily as a result of what you're doing. So keep an eye out for positive signals and focus on those. So reading the room is definitely more challenging in a virtual environment. But you can still pay attention to facial expressions and watch the eyes. Take time every so often to scan the participants in full rather than just the few you see on your screen. Scan through all the participants and notice how they're responding to what you are saying. Are people nodding, smiling? Are they engaging with you? Or are they looking down or away? Now, this doesn't mean they're not engaged. It can mean if they're looking down, they're reading something to the side. So try not to make assumptions. 
But from time to time, you could take a brief pause, perhaps for a sip of water or something, and then take a moment to observe what's happening in the virtual room. Okay, the next thing to think about is listening. So this means listening without thinking of something to say or what the person or how what the person is saying relates to what you are thinking. Try to rid your mind of thoughts and tune in to what's being said. So listening well is especially important in virtual online meetings where you can't see things like body language and eye contact is not present. So as you listen in a virtual meeting, pay attention to the emotional tone of their words for clues to their responsiveness. And listening more ensures you will talk less. And by talking less, you'll be able to tune in to others to listen to what they're saying and the way they're saying it and pay attention to any clues they are giving about how they are feeling. And you can also use paraphrasing or restating and lots of open-ended questions to give your participants the chance to talk and for you to listen carefully. The next thing to do is to create moments to take the temperature of the group. So apart from at the start, you want to be able to have moments throughout your programme when you can observe your group and take a moment to take the temperature of the room. So think about how you could sequence your stops, if you're on a guided tour, or your activities, so that you can build in a few moments that allow you to do this. These are points when you can learn about the participants' energy, their willingness to participate. So perhaps, for example, this could be during a, a small group activity or a pair share and you are observing how the group interacts with one another. You look at who's talking, who's quiet, who looks keen or who looks a bit more reluctant. And taking that time to pay attention to the makeup of the group, it could also be just after you've asked a question in your waiting time when you're scanning the group, you could watch people's facial expressions and body language closely. So design space into your programmes where perhaps you don't always have to take such an active role so that you can take the time to take the temperature and observe the group. This will also give you time to think about how the group are responding to your programme so far and whether you need to tweak or change anything. So you might need at this point to tone down some elements or to switch up some others. Sometimes on a guided tour or in a program, you can almost feel a shift in your audience's attention. You might see people looking at their watches or their phones, or they start looking around at other things rather than you or the artwork. Or the group may suddenly go quiet or noisy in response to a comment. So if you observe this occurring, you should respond to the changing situation rather than continue as if nothing has happened. So be flexible and go with what is happening in the moment. So if the room has suddenly become tense, diffuse the situation with humour or empathy to lighten the mood. You should be happy to deviate from your plans 
and to think on your feet. Okay, the next thing to think about when you're reading a group is to check in with them. So linked to what we've just been talking about, it's important to also ask regular check-in questions. Ask your group how they feel and what they are thinking. Asking how are we all doing and giving them a quick summary of what's still to come. You could also ask them what they're looking forward to. So these quick check-ins usually come in the form of closed questions and are really easy to insert into your programme at regular intervals. You can also get your group to confirm what you're reading of the group to tell you whether you're right or not. You could say, well, I'm sensing that as a group, there's not a lot of energy today. Am I seeing this right? And many times your group will confirm back to you what you think you are seeing and they'll tell you that they are in fact really tired and you can adapt your programme accordingly. Finally, when you are reading a group, make allowances for the fact that the group is made up of a variety of individuals. So don't assume that what you're reading in one person is the same for the whole group. So some people could be showing signs of weariness or boredom or irritability and it's purely due to external factors. And do bear in mind that things like body language are not an exact science. The key thing here is to pay close attention and notice what is going on and to be open to a variety of possible reasons. So there you go. There's some suggestions for how to read a room and how to read a group. I have a great class on group dynamics and building rapport that's available in my membership program. So do check that out. Join my membership to take that class if you want to dive a little deeper into this subject. And don't forget our new Facebook group, The Slow Looking Club. It's that place where I can share information with you, more information than we can talk about on this podcast. And it's a place where you can share your thoughts with me and others too. So look for the Slow Looking Club under groups on Facebook or click on the link in the show notes. Let me know what tips you've learned today and what you look for when you are reading the room. You can find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum. Thank you for listening today. That's it for this week. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.